You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. All right, hi everybody. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast, episode 177 here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Chris G, and I'll be your host today. Today is Saturday, February 5th, 2022, an all-star edition of the Canadians Connection Podcast. And I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing great, Chris. Hope you're doing well. It is an all-star edition. Um, I don't know if you're referring to the host. I don't know if you're referring to our listeners. But it is the all-star break, and uh, we saw a bit of uh, skills action um, on Friday night, uh, the All-Star Game this afternoon. Or also, um, it was the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. We're going to be seeing some uh, Olympic hockey coming up. Uh, Team Canada gets underway on February 10th, I believe. Uh, the U.S. team on the same day. Uh, so lots, lots of hockey action, lots to talk about. And if you're listening to this podcast or you're hosting this podcast, you're an All-Star. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's official for listening. <laughs> Uh, coming up in today's episode, we'll give you a couple of roster updates from the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Nick Suzuki, who is part of the All-Star Weekend activities. And then in our big topic, is it a rebuild? Is it a retool? What's going on? Like We'll, we'll uh, talk about that in our big topic segment. And then in our third segment, we'll have some uh, fantasy hockey talk as uh, well. But first, let's begin with the a couple of games the Canadians played since our last episode. And just a reminder that you can check out the comprehensive previews and post-game reviews for every Canadians game at allhabs.net. And while it seems like these games were forever ago, but on Saturday, the Oilers, they took a 3-0 lead after 20 minutes, and they never looked back as they headed to a 7-2 win at the Bell Centre. Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli on the power play where Montreal's goal scorers. And in that game, Ben Charat went minus five in uh, in that game. So he wasn't good in that, that category on Saturday. The other fellow that wasn't that good was uh, Sam Montembeau wasn't, wasn't sharp in the game. Um, it was interesting, interesting 
memory of that game for me was uh, after the game, uh, Dom Ducharme said, uh, we had a plan. Connor McDavid didn't have a point. I think we did a good job there. <laughs> said Tom Ducharme, but didn't mention about Dreisaitl or, or Nugent Hopkins or Hyman or, or Vander Kane getting his first uh, Oilers goal. It was, uh, yeah, they, but they, they shut out uh, um, Connor McDavid. Yeah, and he kind of threw his goalies under the bus when he was, I think it was, he said there was 20, no, 12 chances and seven goals. I don't know, something like that, those stats, but it was something ridiculous. But anyways... On Monday, Nick Suzuki, he scored in the second minute of, of play before allowing four straight to Columbus in the first period. And the Blue Jackets went on to win 6-3. to three. And well, Samuel Montable, he was pulled in the first period after allowing three goals on seven shots. And listen to this. It was the first time in Montreal's history that the starting goalie has been pulled in four consecutive games. So that's not uh, quite the record to, to hold. Uh, Toffoli and Artuli Lekonen during a penalty kill were the other goal scorers for the Canadians. And it was also the first time since 1985 that the Canadians allowed 26 or more goals in a four-game stretch. So, Rick, everything was fine for the Canadians as they head into the All-Star break, right? (laughs) Yeah, four straight game that they had given up five and the 18th time in this season that they've given up five or more goals, which is... Which is crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And if we move on now to some uh, Canadians roster moves. Uh, on Saturday, the Canadians, after the game, they announced that David Savard will miss eight weeks with a right ankle injury that he suffered on uh, January 12th against the Bruins. So it happened a couple of weeks prior, and so he, I guess he played through it. Funny thing is, like after they announced what the injury was, I went back and I looked at his shifts, and I couldn't really see anything. No on, difference, huh? Uh, no, <laughs> I didn't. I noticed. I didn't notice any reaction. Like I even went and I found that one block shot that the NHL credit him for, and I looked at it, and it was a harmless shot. So I'm not sure exactly where uh, where it happened. But anyways. Uh, the Canadians, they also assigned Lucas Vedemore and Sammy Nico to the Laval Rockets. Sammy Nico will report to Laval after the uh, All-Star break. So these were roster moves that Canadians had to make because of the taxi squad being dissolved after their final game, which was on Sunday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So now taxi squads across the NHL are uh, done. Uh Brendan Gallagher and Paul Byron, they both returned to the lineup uh, over th- uh, that weekend. So they both made their debut. And and Rick, even after his first game, Paul Byron said that he was looking, uh, he didn't feel like he was able to keep up to the pace. But I think it's normal that that happens after such a long period of absence. Long period of absence, and and given the kind of surgery that he had, uh, hip surgery, uh, you'd expect that uh, he might be missing a step. But even uh, you know a half a step off of Paul's Byron speed is is almost normal for for other folks. But uh, it might take him it might take him a few games to to get back to uh, what we're used to seeing from Paul Byron. On on Tuesday, the Canadians also placed uh, Michael McNiven on injured reserve retroactive to January 26th. So he is out and 
Well, he he wasn't able to join the Laval Rockets during the uh, the week off, so he's with the Canadians. No details have been provided on the nature of his injury, and this move literally came out of out of nowhere. And that and January twenty sixth was two days after his uh, start against the uh, Minnesota Wild, so that was um, an an odd move. But he had missed a couple of practices as well before the uh, the All Star break. In uh, in other news, the Canadians, they held like their annual Pro Scouts meeting last weekend. It concluded on Sunday. So Kent Hughes, Jeff Gorton, and all the Pro Scouts were in town. And while Rick, it's safe to assume that they're starting their, their planning when it comes to trade deadline and maybe even some preliminary discussions on the offseason as well. That's true, and and uh, let's let's uh, cl- uh, let's be clear that it is the pro scouts. There's the amateur scouts that prepare for the the, the draft, that watch prospects. Um, these are the pro scouts that follow both the NHL teams and AHL teams. Uh, they're out doing their their scouting, and then they get back together for an annual meeting. Uh, where they where they discuss p- potential targets um, because you know with with Kent Hughes expected to get rid of some of the um, the veterans uh, the unrestricted free agents there's going to be players coming back and so and, and they're going to need to to uh, uh, um, fill a roster as well so um, they have to have uh, be prepared and and uh, and and decide what they're going to do ahead of the trade deadline and normally I'd say they'd want to see the the they'd want to get more information on the Laval rocket players but they've all been in Montreal so that's <laughs> that part's already done for them so so yeah so so there's so there's that all right let's move on now and to a Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. There was no All-Star break in the AHL. The Laval Rocket were in action with the three games since the last week's episode. On Saturday, the Rocket capitalized on two power plays and they went on to a 3-2 win in Texas. Uh, Xavier Ouellet, Jean-Sébastien Day, and Peter Ambadonado were the goal scorers for the Laval Rocket. On Wednesday, the Rocket headed to Utica and they were down 2 to nothing after 20 minutes against the Comets. Before, they scored four unanswered goals on their way to a 4-2 win against the AHL's best team. Danik Martel... Alex Belzil with two goals and Rafael Harvey Pinard were the Rockets' goal scorers. And then on Friday, another game against the Utica Comets. Laval was down two to nothing again after 20 minutes against Utica. This time, Laval scored only twice in the final 40 minutes, but it was enough to force the game to head into overtime, where it took Utica only 21 seconds to win the game, three to two. Tori Dello and Corey Schooneman scored Laval's goals. A uh, very good, good performance for the Laval Rocket, especially considering that prior to the game, Lucas Vedemo was uh, declared uh, injured. And then during the first period, both Alex Belzil and uh, Jean-Sébastien Day left with uh, injuries. So arguably those were right now the Laval's top three centers. 
And then uh, on Saturday today, the Rocket will face the Senators in Belleville before returning to Laval to face Syracuse three times at Place Bell. And the three players, Lucas Verdemo, Alex Belzil, and JSD are all doubtful for the game. And Rick, at the end of that Friday game between the uh, Rockets and the Comets, it seemed like there's a rivalry being built by these uh, two teams. Yeah, you notice the uh, there was penalties um, assessed, uh, game misconducts uh, right as the game ended. Uh, there was one also uh, assessed to the Utica bench. Um, I don't know if that was head coach Kevin Deneen. Uh, it it was yeah. They they are building a rivalry, and and you can understand uh, the Comets being frustrated. As you said, they've been the best team by far uh, so far in the AHL this season. Um, before this homestand, two games uh, against Laval, I think they had lost twice at home in regulation. Um, and uh, for Laval to go in there and uh, and and get three of a possible four points, uh, five of possible six uh, on the week, an excellent week. And uh, and Laval has shown if they only started uh, the game better, but they've showed the ability to come back in in games uh, time and time again. Yeah, and and um, like if we go to the to HL uh, report, uh, the website, and you hear like the post games comments that were made by JF Fool, he he seemed to be pleased anyways, regardless of the start of the game. Even though the, the Rocket were down two to nothing, he he was happy with this team and his team's performance. But they won't be able to keep coming back if they keep going down two to nothing. Like if they could do it once, they could do it twice, but at the end it would. Uh, They'll lose more games than win if they they keep trailing early on by uh, by two goals. Uh, down in the ECHL, the Trois Rivières Lions, they're back at home. They were playing in front of an empty building at the Colisée Vidéotron. A three-game set against the the Maine Mariners. Uh, the, the series started on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, uh, Trois-Rivières lost both those games. And then game three of that series is uh, tonight at uh, 7 p.m. And, well, I've mentioned this on a podcast before. We have two eyeballs. We could watch one eye, the Laval Rocket, and the other eye, we could watch the Trois-Rivières uh, Lions playing. And just a reminder to make sure you read the content at ahl.report and also listen and subscribe to the Press Zone podcast, which is published every Tuesday with uh, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens. Let's move on now to the quotes of the week. So this is part of the the episode where we collect some of the best comments, uh, some of the most interesting comments as well from uh, the last uh, seven days. And well, last weekend, uh, prior to Sunday's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, Carey Price spoke to the media for the first time since... Um, since forever, since the end of the Stanley Cup Finals, it seems like that was forever anyways. And, you know, there was lots of talk about Carey Price, about his current condition, like how he's knee doing. Is he expecting to be able to play a game uh, this season? There was still... Uh, he, Carey Price didn't have all the answers. He he said over the, the, the next couple of weeks, we'll determine if he'll, he'll be able to play again uh, this season, which is his goal. And well, ever since Kent Hughes and Jeff Corton came into the picture, 
a lot of questions have been asked about Carey Price, his future with the team. Uh, does he want to finish and his contract in Montreal? Does he want to stay in Montreal, or is he looking for another um, a, a new start somewhere else? And Price was asked on Sunday whether or not he's considered uh, waiving his no movement clause. You know, me and my family are very happy here. We're settled in. Um, you know, this is our home. Um, you know, there's a there's a reason I signed the uh, contract like I did here with a no movement contract with, with a no movement clause was to be here. So, as of right now, I have no plans to move anywhere. Uh, well, it's a big part of my identity for one. You know, <laughs> uh, being a goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens has been my life for the, over a decade, and. Um, you know, obviously ending the season on such a disappointing note last year, I just want to be able to get back in there and just continue playing um, and to be able to put that sweater on again is something that, uh, you know, is keeping me motivated at this point. I think it's, um, yeah, there was, there was a cry from uh, the, the local media to, to hear from Carey Price. And uh, I think that was kind of a, a commitment from, um, new director of communications or VP of communications, Chantal Maccabee, that she would uh, get Carrie to, to speak to them. Uh, that was arranged. Uh, but as you said, it was, it was a little premature because um, he's still in his uh, rehab period and he, and he didn't have the answers about, um, about his knee, about his, um, you know, the, the, the rehab and how it was going to go. Uh, but what he could say uh, is what he felt in his heart. And, and, and many people had said, well, listen, if he's um, uh, willing to, to waive his no move for the expansion draft, well, maybe he's, he's wanting to go elsewhere. Um, but I think he made it clear at the time that the reason he waived his no move was for the team, was, was because um, they didn't want to lose Jake Allen. And, and uh, Mark Bergevin had tried different ways, and this was the only way that could, could keep Jake Allen with the team. So entirely different situation. And in that clip, and one of the reasons we chose it as um, uh, one of the quotes of the week, is that Kerry uh, made it very, very clear that his home is in Montreal, he wants to stay in Montreal, um, he has no intention of going anywhere else. And for him, part of his identity for more than a decade has been being the goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he wants to keep that. His goal is to return to the net um, and he's going to do everything uh, possible. I think um, one of the things he was asked, you know, what, what if this doesn't work? And he said, well, I'm going to start again. If it takes another surgery, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. My goal is to return to the net for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and one of the keywords also that stood out to me when he said, like, you know, I have no plans for, for now, like, to waive my no movement clause. But I think for, for Carey Price, his first objective right now like, is to get on the ice and play a game. I think that's his first objective. And then, you know, the like, even when he was asked, is there a chance that he might not play again? Like he said, obviously, like, you know, there's there's a chance. Like, I don't, I don't know. So I think his short-term objective is, you know, before thinking of the future or whether he wants to go to play somewhere else, I think his number one objective for him, and, and I think he's absolutely right, is let me be healthy, let me see if I could play a game, and then we could take the the re- take care of the rest of it at a at a later time. And 
I felt I think it was nice to hear from Carey Price again. Like even though, like you mentioned, like it was not many answers when it comes to his uh, to his health and his knee. And there was a lot of questions heading into it when it comes to that, and he still uh, remained. And well, hopefully we'll get some more news in a couple of weeks, and hopefully it's uh, positive news for um, for Carey Price. Just one other point: we should remember uh, that he's he is recovering. Uh, from his knee surgery, but he's also recovering. Um, we remember that he registered for and, and entered the, the player assistant program. Um, just because he went to um, that facility for 30 days doesn't mean that that recovery is done and over. Um, he spoke about in the press conference how uh, that, that, that getting to the Stanley Cup, getting to that club, I mean, was... was uh, Almost a dream can come true, but it was a huge mental grind through that uh, playoff uh, trek to the to the finals, and that it was a huge letdown. Um, and the fact that that um, you know Shea Weber, what what happened with him, and so all of that weighed on him, and and um, you know he chose some coping mechanisms afterwards that weren't very smart and um he admits that and he's trying to recover but just that whole mental commitment to the stanley cup and not getting it um is still something that that he's recovering from and i also like the way carrie price expressed himself like i i know like in previous years sometimes he was giving you know short direct answers but last sunday i felt like he was really expressive you know communicated really well he was clear like even though he had no answers he was pretty clear and I think he did a, a great job and that's why I was happy to uh, to hear Carey Price uh, speak again after uh, all that time. Uh, one of his teammates Brendan Gallagher he was uh, asked to speak about the, his teammate the netminder Carey Price. Price he's uh, you know he's a warrior you don't get to say that about too many goalies in the league but uh He's one one tough bugger. So I know he wants to come back and play. Uh, that goal hasn't changed for him. Uh, you know, obviously there's more to it than, than him just wanting to, to be uh, back in the lineup, but he's not giving up on the season. I know that he wants to be a part of it. And, you know, they're going to be smart about it. But, uh, you know, he's he's working hard to, to obviously push their hands if he, if he makes the full recovery. And, um, you know, he's healthy. There's no reason not to play. So, uh, you know, I admire so much about him. Uh, I, I feel fortunate that I've, I've got to spend 10 years, uh, you know, in, in my mind, the best goalie in the league for, uh, for that decade. He was, um, you know, he's been unbelievable and, um, you know, he's, you're always, you're always amazed at what he's doing and, and with his rehab, I'm sure it's going to be the same way. So just to reinforce the fact that Carey Price does want to uh, return to the lineup, you have um, his teammate, his friend, Brendan Gallagher um, mentioned, you know, um, very forcefully saying uh, that he's a warrior. Uh, we often uh, describe Brendan Gallagher in those terms, but for Brendan Gallagher, his warrior is is Carey Price. And, um, you know, the Canadians have been certainly missing goaltending this year. That's That's been a, a big issue, but also leadership. And there are two, two uh, players who provided a lot of it, along with Shea Weber, uh, Brendan Gallagher and Carey Price, uh, 
um, have provided a lot of leadership to um, this team, and and uh, that's something that's that's going to be needed as as uh, the Canadians move forward. And now, if we move on to the uh, All Star Weekend, which uh, the festivities began on uh, Friday, and Nick Suzuki participated in a couple of events. Uh, Rick, why don't you tell us about what uh, Suzuki took part on Friday? Yeah, he was involved in something called the Save Streak, which was mainly featuring the the goaltenders. Um, so, uh, to a minor extent, uh, he was in that, but but really, uh, where where Nick Suzuki was uh, uh, featured was in something a, a new event called Fountain Faceoff. Uh, it was something that wasn't live; it was recorded. Uh, it was pre-taped, um, and where they placed the players on kind of an island. Uh, in the middle of the Bellagio fountain, uh, with all the fountain going off, and they had to, um, it was a, a target exercise, um, and uh, Nick Suzuki, well, uh, he did okay, um, but uh, wasn't one of the finalists, that was Roman Yossi and, and Zach Wierenski, Wierenski ended up winning the event, Um you know, it was kind of, um, I don't know, um, I, I guess they wanted to feature the Bellagio, they wanted to feature the fountains, that was okay, but uh, the the commentary, many uh, of the viewers watched it, said it, you know, it was Jerry D and, and um, uh, England, the uh, uh, former uh, Vegas defenseman, um, Derek England, um, it, it wasn't great, and and just the, the to bang the pucks to light them up to shoot them, and it was I don't know, it was it was pretty gimmicky, um, I thought, and uh, you know you don't put Phil Mickelson on a miniature golf course, and um, I, I don't know the whole thing was a little silly, but. Um, there, uh, uh, in addition, there was other events, of course. The the hardest shot that went to Victor Hedman. Uh, Jordan Cairo won the fastest skaters, the more of the traditional events. There was one event that I thought was, uh, it was it was fascinating. Uh, uh, again, it showed off the skill. Um, 21 in 22, where, where shooters had to hit a giant uh, deck of cards and those guys were amazing <laughs> absolutely mm-hmm. amazing Joe Pavelski uh, Steven Stamkos um, it was it was uh, it was really interesting but again it was kind of the commentary was odd and and so I think they tried to bring a Vegas spin to this and and kind of mixed on on the all-star skills uh, event I think for most most uh, of the fans we've heard from uh, you know what they say about those gimmicky events. Uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so it's not gonna it's not gonna move next season, I think. And uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say the highlight by far, by far, was Trevor Zegras. And if you haven't seen his goal, I don't know how he kept the puck on his stick. It was incredible. Um, absolutely the, the highlight of, of, um, and I'm going to say it's even before the game, it's the, um, highlight of the all-star weekend. He, it it was, it was just something you have to watch a number of times to appreciate. Oh yeah. Was that when he was blindfolded or something along those lines? Yeah. It it was a tribute to uh, dodgeball and, and he had a Peter LaFleur jersey on and, and he was blindfolded, uh, and his spin and keeping it on the stick. It was incredible. 
Yeah, he's quite a player. He has quite the skills that uh, yeah, that Zikris. So, uh, prior to uh, the All Star Skills Competition, Gary Bettman spoke to the media. Like the, there was a media address, and well, there was one particular question that was specific to the Montreal uh, Canadiens. And while out of that press conference, uh, Gary Bettman said that the NHL entry draft that's scheduled for uh, this July in Montreal. We already remember it was it was the can well no it wasn't canceled it was converted to um, to a virtual event and the Montreal was granted the uh, the draft for this season but Gary Bettman put a threat out there that if the government restrictions aren't lifted that the draft might be moved to another city. That was that was amazing, and and Bettman said, the plan is to hold the draft uh, with fans in in the Bell Center on July seventh and eighth, as is as is scheduled. Uh, but if the current measures and talking about the government rest- uh, COVID restrictions are still in place, um, you know he d- doesn't expect that they'll even be able to get uh, all of the NHL staff in the building that that they need. And he said we'll have to consider another option. Um, and so a follow-up question was asked, um, well, you know, what else would you consider? And Bill Daly said, um, we will hold the, the draft virtually again, like we did last time. And interestingly enough, Bettman interrupted and said, no, I think we'll go elsewhere. And that just, at that point, you saw everybody in, in Montreal panicked. Oh, no. Uh, they're going to, you know, move everybody out. We're going to lose revenue, uh, hotel revenue and all those kinds of things. So uh, Gary Bettman knew exactly what he was doing um, in issuing this threat, in putting pressure, um, I think, on behalf of the Canadians on the Quebec government. And and the league would need to know relatively soon if mm-hmm. uh, they'll need some kind of guarantee, like what the restrictions will be at that time, because it, it takes planning to get uh, the whole event up, getting 32 teams all located into one city, uh, the, the prospects, their, their families, uh, the, the scouting departments. So it's a lot of work. So I'm assuming there'll be some kind of deadline that will be given to... I guess the Canadians and uh, the provincial government to put up some uh, kind of guarantee. So, th- so this has become a new story to uh, to follow when it comes to Montreal Canadiens. Batman kind of added that um, some Canadian teams have inquired about moving their games to the U.S. And again, um, I think that was uh, te- temporarily uh, while they're not able to to have full buildings. Um, he was saying how difficult it is, the financial situation for the Canadian teams. And again, this is kind of a threat across the board on behalf of, of the Canadian teams that, listen, change your rules or, or we're going to move the games. Um, again, an interesting tactic. And for um, Quebec uh, hockey fans, I think he uh, there was another kind of stab in the back is when he was very... Uh, 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 spoke glowingly about the the Arizona Coyotes and and uh, that maybe it'll even be an advantage for them to move into Arizona State University Arena, which has only five thousand uh, seats. And and the, the folks in Quebec must have been just uh, scratching their heads, wondering what this was all about. Because um, as we know, they've they've 
made the case many times uh, that they could uh, better support a team uh, than the kind of support that the Coyotes are receiving in Arizona. Yeah, they're probably as happy as uh, Brad Marchand was on Twitter when he when he read that <laughs> news. He wasn't too pleased about that. All right, time to take our first break here in the Canadians Connection podcast. Coming up next in our big topic segment, we talk about the Canadians' plan. Is it a rebuild? Is it a retool? Like, what is it? But first, we'll have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. Now, if Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or over. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. All right, welcome back to Canadian Connection podcast on the Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Chris G, and you can find me on Twitter at ChrisHabs360. And with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, AllHabs. And you can also follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Canadian Connection podcast on your favorite podcast app, and leave a rating and uh, comments as well. Time now for our big topic. So Kent Hughes, Canadian's newly named general manager uh, himself, and Jeff Gordon, where they're probably formulating a plan right now, or maybe they're they're putting the finals, uh, crossing the T's, dotting the I's on it, to return the Canadians back to glory. So what is the plan that they're going to follow? Will it be a complete teardown like the Arizona Coyotes where where we've seen them trade nearly all the roster? Or will they follow the path of the New York Rangers, which was just a couple of moves, a couple of free agent signings? Or will it be something completely uh, different? So that is the topic for our big topic segment uh, for today's episode. And... Well, there's a couple of 
players, some veterans on the team. One of them is Jeff Petrie. He hasn't had a, a very good season. It's, is I think uh, it's I think you can't debate, but uh, I think we could safely say it's his worst season since joining the Montreal Canadiens. He's not looking good out there at all on either side of the ice, and. It's been reported. There's been several reports. Uh, last weekend, RDS's François Gagnon, he reported that Jeff Petrie has officially requested uh, a, tra- a trade request from the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Kent Hughes, when he was asked, he said that you know he's discussed with Jeff Petrie and if they find a move that makes sense for Jeff Petrie and the Montreal Canadiens, that you know, they'll strike that deal. But... Rick, at least for Petrie, it seems like his uh, his days are numbered as a Canadian. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Petrie uh, hasn't played well, and that that um, that that that's right been from the beginning of the season. And I I, I still maintain that um, more than any other player, uh, the absence of Shea Weber uh, has affected him because it's it's given him responsibilities that he's. He's much more comfortable in in uh, in the second slot, the 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 2D spot, than than being on uh, those tough, hard minutes. Um, not a physical player, uh, but things have have uh, snowballed. He he, uh, you know, he isn't playing well offensively. His stats say that he isn't playing well defensively. His decisions um, indicate that, and then uh, we know that. Um, Around Christmas time, it was decided that his family would stay um, in the U.S. in Michigan. Uh, three young children; uh, they're not happy with the restrictions in Quebec. Uh, so the decision was made for uh, Jeff Petrie to be away from his uh, three young guys, and that's got to be um, affecting him as well. And and Kent Hughes mentioned that that um, you know. Uh, the, the quote, and, and to be honest, I'm surprised Kent Hughes is a, has been as a vocal about this, talking about conversations that he's had with uh, Jeff Petrie. And he said that, that they told uh, both he and Jeff Gordon, uh, when they met with the players, a meeting with Jeff Petrie, they said, we're aware um, of what's happening in your life, referring to his family being separated, it's not the the it's not ideal for you to play in that kind of situation. Uh, but reminded him, even though all that's going on, you're still part of the team. Um, we're going to if if something works out for both sides, we'll we'll, we'll gladly trade you. But until that happens. You're part of the Montreal Canadiens, and you got to start acting like it. And I think it was uh, as blunt as that. And um, I don't know if the mes- message has been received. We'll see after the All Star break, I guess. Uh, but it 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 appears that Jeff Petrie is uh, uh, going to be one of those players that will be on his way out. And and um, you know, not like a Ben Sherrod. Ben Sherrod, uh, an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Uh, Jeff Petrie in uh, the first year of a four-year agreement um, that pays him over six million, six point two five million dollars a year, um, and and that makes him more difficult to trade. Although we've heard that there are teams that are still interested in him, 
but interested in him more as um, uh, what his value should be. And that I think there's general agreement around among scouts that he's playing like a probably a five million dollar player. So if a trade was to be um, engineered by uh, Kent Hughes, expect that. Uh, money will be a uh, contract will be withheld or the Canadians would take back a contract, uh, a bad contract that will make up that difference. And contrary to, to Ben Charles as well, like Kent Hughes, he could take his time in completing a trade. Like it doesn't yeah. need to be done by trade deadline where Ben Charlotte, you know, has to be by trade trade deadline. So like most of the time we see like the real good hockey deals. We normally see those during the, the off season and that's when I'm expecting something to be done for Jeff Peach. I think he'll, I think he'll finish the season with the Canadians, but won't be back for, uh, for, for next year. Uh, another of the Canadians' veterans, Brendan uh, Gallagher. He just signed a contract. He's in year one of his new deal as well. And while well, he was previously already asked as soon as a change in the management was done about his future. But uh, he had said he hadn't really thought about it, so he was given the opportunity to... Um, a follow-up question was asked whether he thought about his future since then. You know, there's a difference between a rebuild, uh, where I think, uh, you know, you look at some of the teams in the past that have gone through it, maybe, uh, you know, Toronto comes to mind a few years ago where they, they pretty much ship everyone out of town and, and, and start from scratch. Or there's, you know, a re- retool where you can kind of... Um, you know, maybe a couple guys get moved, but for the most part, it's a little bit quicker transition. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a difference between the two. I mean, I, I wouldn't say thought about it, uh, but every once in a while it gets mentioned and uh, maybe for a short second it pops in your mind. And, uh, you know, for me as a hockey player, I've always, you know, winning has always been the most important thing. And you can't turn that off. Uh, that said, you know, Montreal Canadian is pretty important to me as well. So uh, I, I think it was pretty important what, what uh, was said there. And, and, you know, we talked about uh, uh, Jeff Gordon and, and Kent Hughes formulating a plan, but the first thing they had to do was to meet with the players to figure out where their mindset was. Uh, Jeff Petrie, looking like his mindset is, is elsewhere. Carey Price uh, wants to stay, but, but it's going to depend on uh, what happens with his uh, recovery. Bryn Gallagher... Uh, a competitor wants to win, uh, or probably wouldn't be happy in a situation like an Arizona um, uh, or a, a Toronto where where uh, all the players get shipped out in a full rebuild, a full reconstruction of the roster. And, um, you know, it was Kent Hughes that said, uh, and I quote, we're not going to trade every long-term contract, every player that's got term on his deal that's going to take him into his 30s. Um, if we have um, an opportunity to move players, we'll move them. But he's, but it's not, you know, a big sell-off. And you think that maybe that would, because of the distinction uh, Brendan Gallagher made between the rebuild and the retool, you think that that uh, Kent um, Hughes's message might might be attractive uh, to uh, Brendan Gallagher, who still finds it important uh, to put on that jersey of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, but I, I agree with that as well. I, I think Brendan Gallagher, as long as the team is competitive, I think he would be happy staying with uh, with the Canadians when the team has a chance of winning and not like this year where it seems like Canadians can't do anything to win uh, a game. 
let's move on now to Nick Suzuki, who is at the in Vegas now, partying it up with uh, his fellow <laughs> NHL uh, teammates, NHL star teammates. And well, he was asked on Friday to talk about uh, whether he he'd like to be part of a, a rebuild. Whatever the new management thinks is the best route to become a better team, I'm all in for. And uh, I think we'll see by the trade deadline uh, what kind of deals we're going to make. So he said, uh, no matter what uh, the new management decide, I'm all in. Um, he doesn't. He's he said uh, later. I don't know what what Jeff and Kent uh, what their recipe will be. Uh, will they trade multiple players? Just a few players. Um, uh, what I what he knows uh, is that they'll have good draft picks, uh, and that the reconstruction, as as he termed it, won't take very long. Um, and and that's kind of what you expect from a. A Nick Suzuki. This this could be, um, you know, a, a, a roster that's built around him. Um, so there's no uh, surprise that uh, he wouldn't be on board with uh, Kent Hughes and uh, and Jeff Gordon's plan. Yeah, for sure. Different stage of his career. He's only 22 years old when Peachy's what 34, Gallagher's 29, and Price as well. He's in his 30s as well. So they're a different part of his career. Montreal just, well, it was Mark Bergeron, but still made him um, financially stable, safe for that, for basically the rest of his life. So it's uh, it's guaranteed that uh, he'd, like, he'd love to stay with the Canadians. And while trade deadline is coming up in, uh, in March, we know Ben, well, we're assuming Ben Charles will be moved by then. I think anybody would be stunned if uh, if that doesn't happen. Uh, besides, are, are we thinking any other players could be moved? I think the names that I'd be looking at for players to be moved by trade deadline, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Arturi Lekonen, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he gets moved by trade deadline. You know, the Canadians also have Brett Kulak and Chris Weidman, who are UFAs at the end of the season. You know, Chris Weidman, you know, he might have, he could have like a role like the Canadians had Eric Gustafsson last year. Kind of player that you know you you shelter him in the number six and a power play specialist, and at the league's minimum, you know he might gain some uh, some interest. Besides that, like prior to trade deadline, I don't expect uh, the Canadians shipping out uh, any players. Yeah, I I think that's a, a pretty good list. I'd add Perot in there um, uh, to uh, Lekin and Kulak and Sherrod as as a player I'd expect to be as long as. Uh, right now he's he's uh, on IR. If he's able to come back and play a couple of games before uh, the trade deadline, I'd expect that he'd be on the move as well. Um, you know, I I think there might be some interest in in uh, Jake Allen, uh, but again, he's he's not going to be uh, available until uh, right at the trade deadline. So I think that's kind of off the table. Um, and we'll see if uh, what kind of interest there is in Petrie. As you said, uh, those kind of deals are more likely in the offseason. But, um, you know, if a team really needs them, and uh, there's been lots and lots and lots of talk about the Dallas Stars and how that would make sense for Julie Petrie uh, going back to Texas, um, we'll, we'll see if that can get worked out uh, before the, the trade deadline as well. And in terms of, 
you know, the 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 names that the other teams will be calling for, you know, like from the, like they'll probably be calling for the the young core, but that's not happening. Like the Suzuki's, the Caulfield's, etc. But um, what are you, the odds, Rick? Like I know, I think it was two weeks ago that uh, Frank Cervelli on a daily faceoff said the teams were begging for uh, Arturi Lekkonen. Like, do you see a player like Lekkonen like getting uh, shipped by a trade deadline? Yeah, Lekkonen. I I think uh, given uh, the way the demand that's been talked about uh, for Lekkonen uh, being compared to this year's Blake Coleman. Uh, there's a lot of play teams out there, and and I I can't imagine uh, that Kent Hughes is going to uh, pass on that. Uh, ben Sherratt, uh obviously would be uh, would bolster a team's uh, blue line for the playoffs. I, I you know that's going to happen. Lekkonen's going to happen. Sherratt's going to happen. The others, um, I th- I think we'll have to uh, wait and see. And so, what should we expect the Canadians to get in in return? Like, what should what do we think they'll be targeting? Like, will it be draft picks? Will it be prospects? Will it be veterans? But uh, you know, I've lost track of how many interviews that Kent Hughes has done. Uh, even even in the past week, he's done so many of them. But in one of them, it sounds like the Canadians like would be ideally would be targeting for young prospects over um, draft picks. Yeah, he's he's said that uh, over draft picks they'd want prospects, and uh, that if the choice was between prospects who were drafted last year to prospects who were drafted two years ago, um, uh, all else being equal, he'd go for the older prospect uh, because they want players that they can slot into uh, the roster. So yes, uh, it it seems like they'll be looking for. Uh, in in a, a trade coming back, they'll be looking for um, number one young players, young prospects. They'll be looking for uh, leadership as well. So so um, either in the trade deadline or in the summer, they'll they they really are concerned about uh, the state of leadership and and that results from that that whole uh, situation with Zach Cassian and and uh, and Sam Montembeau and and uh, with Jeff Petrie being on the ice. Uh, they want uh, they they want leadership. They also um, uh, apparently Jeff Gordon has made rather an impassioned plea for some t- toughness in the lineup. Um, he felt that uh, that when he was in New York that uh, they had a lot of young players in in the lineup and that that uh, one of the things he should have done was uh, was uh, bring in some more toughness to protect those young players. And uh, maybe that was uh, also encouraged by uh, what he saw with Cassian. Um, yeah. So those those are the kind of elements I think that they'll, they're looking for. Obviously, you know, we've heard Jeff Gordon say over and over and over again that um, elite players are needed to win, and the Canadians don't have enough of those. And so that those players will be acquired. Uh, in the draft, as far as trading, it's it's all those uh, young prospects, toughness, and and uh, with some um, veterans who can provide leadership. And maybe a goalie, a rental for the rest of the season. Like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Also, that the Canadians pick up a goalie somehow, if uh, 
like to allow Caden Primo to head back to uh, to Laval where, where he belongs for this season. That's a really important point because we remember after the last game before the break, um, the uh, one of the reporters asked uh, Dom Ducharme, um, "Will Caden Primo?" While the All-Star break is on, will he be going to Lavelle? Because as we talked about, Lavelle had three games. And Ducharme said, no, we can't because we need two goalies on our roster. Um, and at the time, we wondered why, why couldn't that be McNiven and uh, Montembeau? But we learned later that uh, McNiven was headed to IR. Um, so again, it's curious that they didn't add... Aaron Dell um, to be able to send Primo back. Uh, but I think that one of the real difficulties for uh, both Gorton and Hughes are that they've been left with this situation by Bergevin where they have used 48 of 50 contracts already. And they're really nervous about adding any contracts without players going out because at the end of the season, they want to be able to add like a Jordan Harris or a player coming from the NCAA. Uh, so they want to keep that flexibility, but that's a really good point about trying to get Primo uh, back to the AHL where he can continue developing. Cause obviously he isn't ready yet for the NHL. And if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think Aaron Deldo was suspended at, at that he time. He was. Yeah. Three game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, he, so it would help, I think, after the All Star break, but it wouldn't allow Primo to go to Laval for the All Star break because he wouldn't be considered on the roster at that time for uh, for Arundel. Uh, but I think like all the moves, like the, the young players over draft picks, I think one thing that uh, I think the Canadians are kind of. Uh, assuming, and I think they're right in making this assumption, is if the Canadians would go to the Arizona Coyotes route, which is, you know, just pick up draft picks and forget about the young players, it means it would take longer to rebuild something and reconstruct it from, from the beginning. We're forgetting young prospects. Well, it kind of speeds up a little bit that uh, the, the rebuild, because, Rick, I think... The Canadians fans, like I know, like if you if you read social media or if you listen to the the, the radio shows or the talk, the calling shows, they'll say, yeah, you know, do a full rebuild. But if you tell them you're gonna see the Canadians out of the playoffs for four or five years in order to get there, uh, I don't think the the fans know what um, what that exactly means. So by doing it this way, it's it's a shorter time before getting the Canadians being more competitive. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely right. Um, that that be careful what you, what you wish for. Um, you know, if you wish for a complete re- rebuild, it's going to take quite a while to to get back to playing competitive hockey. Kent Hughes has said um, it's possible uh, that he could assemble a team that would compete for a playoff spot next year. I I I think that's that's maybe rushing things a little bit, but um, obviously in his mind. Um, this isn't a, a, a fire sale uh, like Arizona where everybody gets shipped out. Uh, this is something that's going to be done far more in a far more calculated way to cut that that period of time where the Canadians will be um, you know mired in the in the bottom of the league. Yeah so, so the goal is Rick to get the team competitive and have them fight for a playoff spot every year. Does that, <laughs> that sound familiar? That's <laughs> mid, yeah, the middling team, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds familiar. All right. Well, I, I hope we, we, we 
you know a good discussion here with our with our listeners. Hope uh, we're able to provide some good information for you and the things to look for uh, heading into at least a trade deadline short term, and then a little bit more during the uh, the off season. It's time now to take our final break here in the Canadian Connection podcast. When we come back, we talk about fantasy hockey. Stay with us. You're listening to the Canadian Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to episode 177 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. And a reminder, you can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. I'm Chris G, along with uh, Rick Stevens. And, well, uh, every Monday, a reminder, yours truly, Habs Notepad, gets published uh, early in the morning on Mondays with a, um, a wrap-up of the weekend's news with uh, everything surrounding the Montreal Canadiens organization. So that includes the Laval Rocket and the uh, Trois-Rivières Lions as well. And then uh, the rest of the week or any day that Canadians play, you'll make sure to go to allhabs.net for game day previews and uh, recaps. And then every Thursday, Rick, we have Ben on our YouTube channel. 
we have a pretty good YouTube channel. Uh, there's, uh, you know, you want to, as fans, you want to uh, find out everything you can about the Montreal Canadiens and find out in, in different ways. And uh, if you go to youtube.com slash allhabs, you can find, we find all kinds of things. You can find out, uh, find interviews that we've had uh, with some of the prospects in the past and, and, uh, and, and things from a fan perspective and, and these short um, Habs fan form uh, 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 YouTube videos, about eight minutes, uh, that will give you a, a fan uh, from another fan's perspective, uh, the kinds of, of issues that uh, you're thinking about, we're thinking about too. And uh, also every Tuesday reminder that the Prez Zone podcast with uh, Rick Stevens and uh, Amy Johnson. Uh, so make sure you subscribe as well to the Press Zone podcast. And you can also find it over at the AHL.report. Last week on the Press Zone, we had tons of audio uh, from the Laval Rocket. You're, you're going to want to listen to that. And upcoming this week, um, we're going to have Patrick Williams back again with another one of the AHL hot stoves. And while I teased it enough during the episode, so now it's finally time. Uh, we have Michael Spinella and Sam Gerber, two uh, Rocket Sports media contributors. They're with us, and they're going to talk the DraftKings Daily Fantasy. Thanks, guys. I am Michael Spinella, and I'm happy to be back here on the Canadians Connection podcast to talk fantasy sports, specifically DraftKings Daily Fantasy and Sportsbook with my Rocket Sports Media colleague, Sam Gerger, Gerber. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing great, Michael. Just got done with a long day's work. How are you today? Oh, not too bad. It's uh, it's a little bit cold out there, but uh, I'm making it work. I work outside, so I know what you mean. Oh. So just before we get into all the fantasy sports stuff, I'll let you give yourself a little bit of an introduction and uh, let everybody know what you do for Rocket Sports Media. Sounds great. Uh, for Well, those that uh, don't know me, I am Sam Gerber. I'm from a small city in southern Ontario called Stratford, where the likes of Jared McCann, he's currently with the Seattle Kraken, and Jacob Middleton, he's having a breakout season with the San Jose Sharks, they're both from, so I had to give a shout out to both of those. I work full-time for a tree removal company where I'm trying to become an arborist, and on the part-time, I work as a Zamboni driver, so I'm always, always involved in hockey. Uh, over the past few years, I've done the Habs game previews alongside Rick for all Habs and RSM, and I've done a few opinion pieces here and there. Oh, Zamboni driver, that that's a dream job. How's that for you? Uh, it's it's quite fun. I just it's it's you can't believe how fun it can be just seeing kids be freak out when the Zamboni comes out on the ice. <laughs> Now, I guess the dream job would be able to do that over at the Bell Center, eh? Are you going to do that at some point? Well, I wouldn't be any Leafs goalie backup, but uh, that would be quite the that would be quite the dream, too. <laughs> well, to get things a little bit more back on track here, uh, obviously, I mentioned off the top of the show, we're going to do uh, a little bit of a discussion on uh, Daily Fantasy with uh, DraftKings. I know you're a you know, frequent user of DraftKings Daily Fantasy. So I'll uh, get you to, I guess, explain how that works a little bit. And uh, I, I guess, like, what to, what inspires you to do it? Like, what what's the part that you enjoy the most? Yeah, well, frequently would be a modest way of describing it. I'd say I do it almost every single day. <laughs> to, to keep it simple, DraftKings has daily competitions where instead of picking teams, you're going to pick players. And we'll stay in under the salary cap. 
there's several several different style of competitions or games that you can play. Some of them are free, while the rest can be anywhere from 10 cents, and a few of them can be over hundreds of dollars. Um, now, a bit more detailed way of describing it is every NHL player has a designated value, which is set by DraftKings. The higher-end players like the McDavid's or the McKinnon's or the Matthews are valued quite high, where a third or fourth-line player like a Ryan Paling, a Paul Byron, wouldn't be as expensive. Goalies are always quite high as they can make or break your lineup. Say a goalie gets a shutout, that would be great. Uh, the end objective is to create a lineup using players with either one game or several games or a select list of players and to have the highest score. The scoring system is also created by DraftKings, which you can look up before you enter so you know exactly what kind of players you're looking for and how you're trying to achieve it. Now, as for what draws it into me, uh, it's the money, and I feel like my background of just being addicted to hockey for the last 20 years just gives me a bit of an edge over some people, and I've done pretty well with it. I remember with the Habs playoff run last year against the Vegas Golden Knights, I did a dollar bet, and I woke up to $500 in my account, and I was laughing. Now, I know that was a lot of information, so I'm glad to, clear, and if, glad to be able to clarify anything that I just went over as well. Yeah, so I guess one of the first things here is uh, like obviously in the name it's daily fantasy. So I just want to clarify. So when you pick your team, you can change that like on a daily basis, pretty much, correct? Well, no, it's uh, the competition is for one night alone. So when you're playing a game like, on DraftKings, it's for that night only. So I know the Habs are coming up; they're going to play the Devils soon. So that night, there is likely going to be a competi- competition just for them. And you're going to pick a lineup between those those two teams, pick players, and hopefully you're going to pick the players that are getting the goals or block shots even count as something. Penalty minutes help as well. And that night, someone, whoever has the highest points at the end of the night usually wins a big prize. And then the next night you can do it all over again for a different game. Or there's other competitions where you can pick. If there's a 10, 10 NHL games on that night, you can pick from all of the games and try to create pick the best lineup out of 10 games. It's a lot harder, but it is a lot more fun because the prizes are usually a lot bigger too. Yeah, and I guess my other question here is uh, who specifically are you playing against? Do you tend to have control over that? Uh, do you just join like an anonymous t- type of league? Uh, what's the deal with that? So a lot of the competitions that DraftKings has, you have to pay to enter, but there are some free ones as mentioned. And those ones can be just completely random. You're playing against anybody that has access to DraftKings. And I also play with a group of my friends. We send a daily competition out for a dollar. And the winner comes at the end of the night. One of us wins and it's kind of funny. And we have bragging rights over our friends because it's a dollar at the end of the day. So do you have any uh, tips for daily fantasy? And uh, can you give us any uh, information on what kind of what thought process goes into making your picks? I like to keep it simple and stick to players I know. So being one of the bigger Habs fans, I like to stick with them. Unfortunately, this season has not gone quite well. So I've stayed clear of them. T- I like. I often like to take a center that plays a lot of minutes. They might not be known for being a high-end scorer, but they play alongside an elite winger, so that does help quite a bit. Um, Sebastian Ajo is usually really underrated when it comes to that, or Sabinajad on the Rangers, just because they're both high-scoring teams. 
And while they're both great players themselves, they're not like a McKinnon or a McDavid, as mentioned before. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any picks tonight as the NHL is on a break. But if I do come back, uh, I definitely will have some next time. Perfect. So the other cool things you can do through DraftKings is a sports book. So can you give us a little rundown on how that works? Yeah, so sadly, DraftKings is an American site, so their sportsbook is not available in at least Ontario. I'm not sure if it's available in the rest of Canada. But however, in uh, OLG in Ontario offers ProLine Plus, where I've been quite lucky a few times. Last night, I went uh, four for four on my hockey picks. And on a $35 bet, I won a few hundred bucks, so I was quite happy. Um, how it works is you can pick just a winner over... So one team over a game or one team over another, if you think they're going to win, you can bet on that. Or you can create a parlay where it can be up to infinite amount of parlays where you select more than one game at a time, the outcome. And if you are correct on every single game in your parlay, your odds increase. So or your odds, your your bet odds are increased. So it's a higher payout at the end. It's a lot harder to win those as winning is predicting five games as to one is a lot harder. But again, it's a bigger payout when it comes down to the end. So what thought process goes into making your picks? Do you like do a bunch of research? Do you like tend to look on, you know, who's on a back to back kind of thing? Uh, What do you think about when you're making your picks? Uh, The back to back um, comment. Sorry. It was uh, was a great one. I like to stay clear of teams on back-to-back, especially if they've already played their starter the game before. Um, injuries is another thing to look out for. Last night, I hopped on the Oilers early because uh, the Capitals were on a back-to-back. Their goal, <clears throat> their goalie yesterday got hurt early in the first period, so Samsonov came in, and Ovechkin also was announced that he was going to be missing the game due to COVID-19. And sure enough, Oilers got into early start where Samsonov led in the first three to four shots and was pulled early. The Capitals did come back and tie it up, but the Oilers paid uh, one it in the end, and I was happy with that. Another thing is just looking at matchups. If teams are on a hot stretch or a bad stretch, I like to look into that. I also tend to pick the favorite, the favorite team to win quite often, and that's when I usually make a few parlays. Um, I will admit I have bet against the Habs quite a few times this season and it has paid off, sadly. (laughs) That's pretty unfortunate. Uh, So uh, obviously this uh, weekend here on uh, February the 5th, it's uh, the NHL All-Star Game. So unfortunately, there aren't any official NHL games and I don't believe you can actually make a bet on the All-Star Game, which is pretty unfortunate. But uh, we do have some picks uh, we can uh, let everybody know about for, uh, I guess, early next week, February the 7th and eighth um so i'll uh, let you know the games and uh you'll let us know our picks how does that sound sounds great perfect so monday february the 7th we've got uh, the hurricanes versus the maple leafs who is your pick i am thinking i'm gonna stay away from that one just completely the one thing i would do is take the over which every night um their sports books have the total amount of goals being scored and you can take the over or the under on that both the Hurricanes and Leafs can score in bunches, so I would take the over on that. But with those offenses, those teams can win any given night. 
Sounds good. And uh, the other game that night uh, would be a Devils versus the Senators. So I'll uh, let you give your pick. And uh, if you have any information on under and over on that one as well. Yeah, I think just uh, the Devils clear there. The Senators are just had a horrible time with injuries this season. Now, I don't think they're going to get many players back after the break. Um, I just the Devils are a much healthier team. So I think they'll take that one. It seems like one sense could win. But I do like the Devils on that one. So moving along to uh, Tuesday, February the 8th, uh, like uh, I mentioned before, we have a back-to-back here, uh, Devils versus Canadians. What's your pick? I'm going to be biased. I'm going to go with my Habs. As mentioned, it's a back-to-back. The Devils have to travel from the Senator, Ottawa to Montreal, really not that far. But on a back-to-back, the Habs are luckily going to get a lesser-tier goalie more than likely. And the Habs needed a break. So hopefully the second half of the season is good to them. And they started off with a win. I'm putting money on it. So hopefully they do. <laughs> hopefully. And uh, Blue Jackets versus Capitals is another game that night. Yeah, I do like the Caps. They're just a playoff team. Blue Jackets simply aren't. The Caps are going to be heavy favorites. Um, I know the Blue Jackets do have some nice goaltending, but it hasn't been as great as it has in the last few seasons. So they're in a bit of a rebuild as well. So I think the Caps should win that one. But I would keep an eye on the Caps goaltending situation if it hasn't worked itself out yet. And then there's two teams both coming off of back-to-backs. Ottawa versus Carolina. What's your pick there? Uh, You got to be smart. I think you just go with the favorite there, the Canes. They're a much better hockey team in general. Again, as mentioned, the Senators are beat up. Um, The Hurricanes do not have to travel very far as it is in the same province. So just keep it simple. Go with the hot hand with the Hurricanes. Fair enough. And then uh, Penguins versus Bruins. I'd stay clear of this one. I just don't like the match between Bruins and Penguins. Both those teams are in a bit of a playoff matchup, and it could go either way. Do you have uh, an under-over you can tell us about for that one? (sighs) I'd probably take the under. Just the Bruins goaltending has been great with Tukaras coming back. And the Penguins, they they don't score as much as they used to. Um, I know they... Both teams have some elite scoring talent on it, but it just teams are going to be a little sluggish coming out of the break. So taking the under doesn't hurt. So another, I guess an interesting one here could be a wild versus jets. I'm not sure which direction you'll take on that one. I like the wild. I think Kaprizov is one of the best NHL fellers currently. He's lightning fast and he just changes games. And I saw an article recently this week and it was talking about similar to how Shea Weber has essentially retired from the Habs. The Jets haven't fully recovered from Bufflin retiring, and they just don't look like the same team. Now, they haven't had a great season either, so I just take the Wild straight up. Uh, Golden Knights versus Oilers. I like the Golden Knights, but I might take the Oilers if they're an underdog team just for the better odds. The Oilers need to get some wins here. It's going to be a tough ask, uh, but with the whole Vander Kane situation, they haven't looked too bad lately. So depending on who's in net, I think it might take the Oilers on that one. Yeah, that's a nice hot take there. And then uh, the last one here, this could be an interesting one, Coyotes versus Canucks. It could be. I stayed up late because I had some money on the Flames playing the Coyotes last night, and it worked my way because the Flames won. 
Um, the Coyotes did not look like a bad team. They were heavily outshot last night, but the Canucks, they have been hot since uh, Boudreau has taken over and as coaching. I think it's safe to go with the Canucks, but that one could go either way. Fair enough. And I know you uh, mentioned uh, odds as we were going along here. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a debriefing as to what you mean by uh, odds? Yeah, of course. So, like, in all, every game, you can you can tell if you're the first-place team in the league is playing the last-place team in the league. The Like, I think we saw two weeks ago the Habs played Colorado. I think Colorado set the biggest odd difference where they were just such a heavy favorite to win the game that they uh the chance the money that you put on it you're not going to make very much so taking an underdog team that's not likely to win sometimes can give you a bigger payout because their odds are a lot unlikely so the payout the it increases your pay out a lot higher awesome so one other uh style of bet I want to talk about here is uh, I see on uh, DraftKings website, uh, the Canadians odds to win the 2021 2022 Stanley Cup are plus 100,000. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that style of bet? And is that a bet that you might be willing to take on the Canadians this year? So for the last four seasons, I've dropped $100 on the Habs to win the Stanley Cup. It has not paid off. I thought last season it was going to. Unfortunately, we all know how the final round went, and we don't want to talk about that. This season, we are staying clear away from that. It's a long shot at best. We know I'd probably bet more on the Habs winning the number one overall pick rather than finishing first in the league. Fair enough. And it, if people are curious as well, uh, the odds for the Montreal Canadiens to win the Atlantic Division are uh, plus uh, 50,000. Uh, I'm assuming that's another bet that you're probably going to stay clear of. Yeah, it's 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 dark days for the Habs right now. I think you're going to go with the heavy favorites. Florida would be the team to bet on that one. They're having the greatest season, I think, in their 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 entire franchise has ever had. Um, and they're just kick, kicking on all cylinders. What's one thing you want to look out for is at the trade deadline, a lot of teams are going to add some players and the odds are going to change drastically as a team like Montreal, where they're rumored to be moving Lekkanen and Sherrod. They're going to be even harder struck out to win some games after the deadline. So it might be beneficial to bet against the Habs, sadly, after the deadline as well. <laughs> and because I like my hot takes, is there a non-playoff team that you'd be willing to put uh, money down on uh, for either winning their division or winning the Stanley Cup? Oh, it's just kind of like the Blues did a few seasons ago. That's what I'm thinking. Um, taking a quick look here. Um, a look at wildcard teams. Yeah, it is a tough question, so I'll give you a second to figure this one out for sure. I I want to go with the Oilers. I think they figured it out. I think they get a defenseman and a goaltender at the at the deadline, and it just changes things for them. I'm hoping they get Sherrod, um, because there's a couple prospects on the Oilers I wouldn't mind uh, coming the Habs' way. Mm-hmm. On the goaltending ask, I I they need to figure that out. That's I thought they were kind of silly to re-sign Mike Smith at his age, and I knew Koskinen wasn't the answer, and um, but 
they added Kane. He is an elite player. He has his bad news and everything that surrounds him, but he's one more player that's going to add to that roster that can put the puck in the net. Um, but they need to stop it on defense. But they're sitting just a po- uh, three points out of the playoffs, and they're not too far behind either to win the division. So that would be one to watch for after the deadline. Awesome. That sounds pretty good. Well, Sam, I appreciate talking to you. Uh, where can the people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Gerbs76PK. I apologize. It used to be for PK Subban, but those are better times. Well, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate the time you gave us. Oh, thank you for your time. If anybody ever has any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Perfect. And I'll uh, send it back to you guys. Thanks. All right, thank you very much, Michael and Sam, for that uh, great discussion on the fantasy uh, hockey available with uh, DraftKings. And Sam is Sam is one of those insiders. He's he plays uh, every day. Uh, the and and we should uh, just emphasize that daily fantasy with DraftKings is a little bit different from what you the head to head kind of fantasy with with Yahoo, and we we have those leagues as well, but. Uh, daily fantasy. Um, we might have Sam on a, a little bit more to give you some some tips on on how you should play, who sh- who you should pick, because uh, Sam's got a ton of experience there, and uh, that was a great interview he did with with Michael. And and Rick, we we get emails and messages and text messages uh, every week from our listeners and the readers from our different uh, platforms. But we got a we got an email uh, this week from uh, one of our regular readers and listeners. Yeah, we're going to send out our, our our thoughts and and condolences to our our dear friend Dino, who keeps in touch with us uh, several times a week. Uh, recently, um, his father passed away and uh, went in over Christmas and had been sick. And 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 for Dino. Um, you know, our thoughts and, and, uh, and prayers are with you. And, and we know that this is a, a tough time for you and your family. Uh, the Canadians are back in action uh, this upcoming week with three more games at the Bell Centre. It starts off on Tuesday when the New Jersey Devils are in town. And then on Thursday, uh, the Washington Capitals are in town at the, at the Bell Center. Will Alex Ovechkin play? Will he be out of the COVID protocol by then? Would he just need a vacation from the All-Star break? You know, who knows? I guess we'll find out on Thursday. And then next Saturday, it's an early game between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the uh, Canadians. The, the Super Bowl tradition is back for the Canadians with a pair of matinees on the Super Bowl weekend. And... On the 12th, which is next Saturday, Rick, we'll also have the Canadians Connection uh, podcast as well, and it will be out at at an earlier time. You're going to get the Canadians Connection a little bit earlier next week because the Canadians in action for that matinee. Uh, The best way to know when it comes out is to be subscribed. If you subscribe, uh, either on the player that you're listening now, if you subscribe on your favorite podcast app, Canadians Connection, um, then you'll get the podcast coming to you. uh, So you won't have to worry about, oh, when's it coming out? Uh, It'll come right to you. So make sure you're subscribed and uh, also uh, share it with other Canadians fans. Share the podcast and and let them know uh, that you listen to the Canadians Connection and it's worth their listen too. 
Yeah, and uh, leave drop a rating as well and uh, drop your comments as well, your review of the Canadians Connection uh, podcast. Rick, it was great being here. Great to have you again, Chris. And thank you, everybody, for listening. It was an all-star edition of the Canadians Connection podcast. You know, we had two other all-star members joining us, Michael Spinella and Sam Gerber, earlier earlier on, just talk about some fantasy hockey. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the week, and we'll talk again soon on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.